0: story in the podcast chronicling one grad student's quest to finish his dissertation and maybe to get a job. Uh, and today, this is a co branded podcast with the Journal of History of Ideas blogs podcast. Uh, you can find the Journal of History of Ideas blog at jhiblog.org. Uh, today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Josh Fogel, who is a professor and Canada Research Chair at York University in Toronto. And today, we'll be talking about his new book, A Friend Indeed. Uh, which is out now, and it has a, a, a really good price for an academic book on Amazon. It's 20 bucks. Uh, so if you're interested, you should go out and get it. It's it's really great and a really fast read. Uh, thanks for being here, Josh. My pleasure. Um, so, Josh, uh, uh, we're talking about a a, a situation in, in, in Shanghai in the pre-war period, uh, where a great friendship bloomed between uh, Lu Shun, who's a, a writer, and uh, a Japanese uh, uh, bookshop owner, uh, Uchiyama Kanzo. Uh, can you just situate me in, in Shanghai in that period and tell me what the city is
1: like? Yeah, Shanghai is a, a you know a, It's kind of the exception that proves all the rules about Chinese City. It's the most international city in China proper. It, um, because of the treaty situations that came to bear and um, after the Opium War, 1840s, uh, more and more foreigners settled there, and it became a great uh, treaty port and, and, and ships of all from all sorts of nations, literally well over a dozen, regu- regularly excuse me, visited the city. And slowly but surely, it gained a, a, a huge expatriate community from many countries. Um, and it's the place also of intrigue, the place of fiction and novels and all sorts of um, notorious um, left-wing types, American, European, pass through the city, make contacts there. It's the city where in 1921, the Chinese Communist Party is founded. And indeed, one of the branches of the Korean Communist Party is founded there in the early 1920s. Um, part of the reason for that uh, is that the British and the French had carved out little uh, enclaves, which they called settlements. And uh, Concessions, they called them actually, mm. where the Chinese police could not exercise control.
0: Well, really, they'd have their own little neighborhoods that would be governed by, I guess, like British functionaries.
1: Exactly, and then their own police. So that um, you would, if you look at it, at a geographical guide to the city from, say, the twenties or thirties, a lot of the streets have English names.
0: Really? So, so if I were walking through Shanghai at this time period, like, what would it, would it be like? I'm passing. Would it be like New York, where it's all New York, every street that I go down, or or would it be more like I'm passing between worlds? Like, could I get dumplings on on those those streets with English names?
1: I think it'd be more likely like the Chicago used to be where you'd have every neighborhood is well-defined. And when you cross from the Ukrainian to the Lithuanian, to the Russian, to the Estonian neighborhoods, you'd know it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, and then that the Chinese lived in a separate part of the city. Of course they were the overwhelming population, um, majority of the population, but theirs was a walled city. And, um, and, and, yeah, these were these were entities unto themselves. Um, what what's what people don't don't ordinarily recognize. Everybody knows or vaguely knows that Shanghai is this international city, and that by that they seem to mean uh, they seem to think that it's a lot of Europeans and North Americans. Uh, by the early 1920s, yeah. the Japanese among the foreigners outnumbered all the other foreign groups. Um, combined, so that by the time you get into the twenties, the thirties, and so on, and in the, in the early war years, um, the Japanese way outnumber all the others combined. Uh, after we're not, this is beyond the period of my book, but uh, after the uh, Pacific War was launched, after D-Day, uh, excuse me, after Pearl Harbor Day, um, the Japanese will seize uh, the city to them for themselves and the whole. Uh, uh, the whole, you know, mixture in the city, the whole atmosphere changes radically. But in the, before that, it's really a, a, a wide open place. Uh, anything goes. Um, and, um, it would have been a very exciting place if we were, uh, uh you know, old enough to remember that.
0: It. So it's a diverse city with lots of different neighborhoods, lots of different nationalities and, and yes. one that's also a little bit, uh, 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 cloistered. It's, it, 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 there's yeah. not a, there's some, but not a lot of interchange between these different neighborhoods. Uh, now let's just, I just want to get situated a little bit because you said that, that, that Shanghai is the exception, uh, that proves the rule when it comes to Chinese yeah. cities, because it's so international. Can you tell me a little bit about China at this period? Cause it, like, is it not international? Like, is it what, 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 what China, what does China feel like uh, in this pre-war well, period?
1: By that, by that, I simply meant that there were far more foreigners there than in others, more international than other cities. There were foreign, small foreign communities in, you know, Tianjin and, and Wuhan and, and, and um, Canton, or we now call Guangzhou, um, to be sure. And some of them were even ter- um, commercial or treaty ports themselves, but nothing on the, on the order of Shanghai. That's, that's what I was thinking.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about about the, the, the situation between China and, and Japan in this pre-war period. Uh, you, you, you gave us a little bit of the end point um, during the Pacific War, the right. large Japanese population and uh, the Japanese military uh, take over Shanghai. Uh, that's the end. But what is that? Is that the case at the beginning of this time period? Like are are, are Japan and China? Is Japan always like the the the, the bigger, more powerful uh, element in this relationship?
1: Well, it it far it always depends how far back you want to go. But um, Japan got into the international um, imperialist uh, world later than the foreign powers did, mm. uh, and Japan is one is the last of the powers. To um, make it to Shanghai, about twenty years after the signing of the treaty, the, the treaty of Nanjing, which ended the Opium War, and when when the Japanese do uh, in a few years later in eighteen seventy one sign a treaty with the Chinese, it's a treaty of amity and commerce. It's called, and it's a completely equal treaty. I mean, the Westerners had imposed what they what the Chinese referred to as unequal treaties, mm. which the Chinese had to you know um, pay up um, or Give concessions either as places to live without Chinese jurisdiction, or allow missionaries in to do uh, stuff that the Chinese did not want them to be. To have, doing. To have British policemen on the streets of Shanghai. Yeah, that's that's. There's a whole book about that which I can um, tell you about, but it's a, it's a terribly interesting subject. Meanwhile, the Japanese decided that maybe they they will go at it a little more slowly. They didn't. They were not a major power. They had also. Been victims in the sense that the Westerners had shown up at their door in the um, 1850s, but Japan was small potatoes compared to China, uh, at least in the imagination of uh, the West. And the Japanese decided they'll, they'll go slowly. That changes, they fight several wars. Uh, to impose control first over Korea. They fight a war with Russia in the er- very early years of the 20th century um, over control of areas in um, uh, Manchuria and Northeast China now. Um, and then they, and then in 1915, the government decides that they want to um, it, it carve out even more rights uh, at the expense of the Chinese, but um, the so-called 21 demands are placed secretly at the foot of the um, then president of China. They it all blows up in the Chinese, in the Japanese face. It's a, a huge embarrassment, but it's not. It's a sign of things to come.
0: I'm just trying to 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 to, to orient us. So so in this time yep. period. Uh, The relative power of the Japanese is increasing, um, and there's a little bit of contestation about what the Japanese in Shanghai uh, are actually doing and what the relationship between China and Japan should be.
1: Yeah, there are more and more Japanese moving to China – business opportunities interestingly one of the first groups that will move and settle in, back in as early as the 1860s are Japanese prostitutes really? they see new horizons um, uncontrolled horizons and uh, they, they forge their own little area in the red light quarter of Shanghai um, uh, and and then business people will come and set up shop um, and, and as you hinted there is a um, Many of these people come from uh, the area around Nagasaki mm. in the, on the island of uh, Kyushu in Japan, and so it, it becomes informally known as kind of Shanghai becomes a kind of extension of Nagasaki.
0: And, and am I right in thinking that Nagasaki is a like a particularly a, 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 a part of Japan distinctively open to the to the outside world?
1: Uh, it has been in the past of course that it was japan was itself shut off for a very long time until the 18 late 1850s but before that and be, um, for uh, um well no actually even during that period but nagasaki was one of the, the few places that westerners by westerners i mean the dutch um were allowed to come uh, periodically but of course no there was no missionary activity that was shut off um uh, there was it was it was commerce um, but Nagasaki still has a kind of distinctive. Even even today, you can see that in Nagasaki, a distinctive uh, foreign air about it. Um, and, and when I when I say that it was Shanghai was um, the Japanese community of Shanghai was a kind of extension of the Nagas of Nagasaki. That involves things like well, many of the people did come from the Nagasaki era, but also the <laughs> foods came that were distinctive to Nagasaki. And many other styles that were distinctive of Nagasaki um, uh, are the ones that would be found among the Japanese in Shanghai. Great. So, so we have this with this fantastic
0: picture of Shanghai. It's a city of intrigue. It's an international city. It's a city that is is sharply divided. And in the Japanese quarter, we have uh, a growing prosperous and increasingly powerful group of people eating their Nagasaki uh, <laughs> foods and uh, 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 doing plots and stuff. Um, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the two main figures of your book. And let's open up with with, with the writer uh, Lu Shun. Lu Shun? Uh, and I felt really dumb when I was reading this book because Lu, Lu Shun t- turns out to be one of the giants of world literature that I've never read before in my life. So can you, can you tell me a little bit about him uh, and about his significance?
1: Of course. Don't don't feel dumb um, at all. Yes, Lu Xun is, is generally considered China's greatest writer of the 20th century, or at least the first half of the 20th century. Um, and he was born into a... a um, Uh, an intellectually elite family, but it was on decline for a variety of complicated reasons. Um, But he was well-trained from very early on, um, meaning um, well-read and well-educated because of the family he came from. And then in the very early years of the 20th century, 1904, I believe, he um, becomes one of those students That is able to go and study in Japan. Let me just backtrack and say that as a result of China's loss in the, what's now, which we would now call the First Sino Japanese War, 1894, 1895, um, many Chinese students decided that, um, maybe the Chinese government itself decided, well, you know, maybe we're not doing things exactly the right way and maybe we need to learn from the outside world. Well, the outside world usually meant the West, and the West was a lot of countries, and really far away. And the recognition was that Japan had come to this realization as much as a generation earlier, and one could then go to Japan and acquire all this foreign knowledge. Uh, and Japanese was a lot easier to learn than it was to learn French and German and English, and, and et cetera. So, uh, so thousands of students, including Lushon, made the trek over those years, early, you know, up till about 1915 or so, and um, studied at various Japanese universities. First, they would go through a, a training course in learning Japanese, um, and they would be st- surprised to learn that Japanese was not like Chinese at all. They had, it was an uphill uphill battle. and they, But, you know, most of them overcame it, and then they went into a variety of
0: fields. So this is really important, I think, just 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 to mark is 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 the Chinese perception of Japanese, of the Japanese language and Japanese learning as windows into Western modernity. Is that is that a, a, a good characterization? Absolutely. And so uh Lushan, he 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 goes to Japan as a student and he what does he learn there? does he go to like a he's a he's a writer, so he must go to like a
1: you know small liberal arts college or or something like that? No, you know that's funny, he becomes a writer but he goes to study medicine. He goes, first of all, to learn Japanese, which he does very well. Then he goes and he studies medicine. And he's sent off to the city. First he goes to Tokyo, and then he goes to the northern city of um, Sendai, where he studies at a medical school. And he does okay. Um, But this is a very typical thing about Lushun, very much unlike his colleagues there from China. There's a scene, I, I, I retell the story, in the book, but I think it's really telling about Lu Xun, not about Chinese in general, that um, he does reasonably well on some exam from one of his professors, um, who he later immortalized. But at the time, and the students at the time felt that the professor liked him and gave him a grade that he didn't deserve, and, and etc. And 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 you know, they they thought that no Chinese could learn the language that fast and do that well. So the rumors, the rumor mill gets going, and then the professor calls the students in at one point, and he says, "This is all bogus." Lu Xun earned the mark that he got, and let's let's put an end to this kind of discussion. Well, rather than see that as some sort of discrimination against Chinese, which which you know to a certain extent it certainly was, Lu Xun said. And when he tells the story later, he says it's completely understandable that they would have felt that way about me, because China was a backward country, and I'm a, a citizen of China, and so it's only natural that they should come to such a conclusion. Um, Lu had, had from this point on. Lu had a completely uh, a totally admiring view of Japan. Not all Japanese, mind you, but many, many Japanese, and so he he thought China had Oodles to learn from. Of, from things Japanese, from the Japanese people, and this is just one of the early instances of that. What happens is that there's there's a story which I think is probably bogus, but in any case, let's not go to that story because <laughs> I'll just I'll just well, well, uh, what, what, give it pre- tell, me. tell me a
0: little bit about what he saw in Japan specifically. What was it that he thought that 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 China could learn? Like it, that that story seems so striking of of being the subject of discrimination, and then saying later in in a later recollection, oh no, it's it makes Sense they were right. I
1: was I, I was probably backward. The thing that he comes back to a time and again is that the Japanese are a very serious people. They take stuff seriously, and we Chinese are all fuzzy and 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 uh, obfuscating and and whereas the Japanese see an issue, see a problem, and deal with it, and and then go on from there. And he he very much wanted to. Um have the Chinese emulate that attitude about things in the world. And he saw it in every walk of life. Um, ultimately, he himself decides that medicine is not the way to go. That, that um, if you, uh, you, as a doctor, he could cure one person at a time. But if he becomes a writer, uh, he can potentially influence many people with his writings. Now that's that's kind of a, a bold move to make when you haven't written anything, um, but somehow you know he turns out he's an excellent writer and a very popular writer, and his writings um, are become enormously widespread and and, um, and famous. So, so
0: do his do his writings have a similar kind of criticism of Chinese society and and, and like They're merciless? Then how do they become popular? Like like
1: yeah. I think he diagnosed, I don't mean to carry on the medical metaphor, but he uses it a lot in his writing, the diagnosed problems that he saw in in the kind of the psyche of China. People at this time, you know, we don't it's not popular anymore to talk about a national psyche or national characteristics of a people, but it was very popular in the twenties and before. And he's what he saw the Chinese, as I said before, being fuzzy wuzzy about things. Now, if you or I were to say that about the Chinese, we would probably, you know, be blacklisted forever. But when you're one of those people and you say it and you do it brilliantly, for instance, there's a character, his most famous character or was a character who has the mysterious name of Ah Q. And Ah is not a, a normal Chinese surname. And Q, he writes with the, with the, um, English letter Q, and it's never entirely been figured out what he meant by that. But Aki is one of these characters who rationalizes every situation, figures out, and, and he's a totally tragic figure. Um, and the, the story that Lushun writes is called The True Story of Aki. And he, um, he goes through all of these situations and he manages to rationalize everyone right up until he himself um, meets his end yeah uh, but Lucian's all of Lucian's stories are horribly sad and tragic and they all end not terribly well um but uh, I think there was no denying that he was a great writer that he did diagnose issues that were problematic um, for Chinese so,
0: so, so in part his skill as a writer is 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 the sharpness of his ability Absolutely. to the level of the critique and, and embody that critique in a character like Axi Absolutely. So he may, like I've I I read uh, in preparation for for this interview today The True Story of AQ. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, is, it is it is it is entertaining and sad and and the character of AQ is 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 one of those characters that is instantly recognizable yeah. and and uh uh also really deeply tragic. Uh, can you tell me you said something about a self-rationalizations. Can you can you bring up a can you tell me at least just just one just uh, uh, to give that a little bit of a flavor? Uh, of, of of what uh, uh Wu Shan is uh, uh uh talking about.
1: You mean, I, I RQ's rational uh, rationalization. Yes. Yeah it's been quite a while since I've read it, but I think um I think <laughs> basically um I think basically it's when RQ faces these impossible situations where it would be perfectly possible to take a serious look and address the issue, he mm-hmm. finds a way to sidestep it without and, and not face it. And, and, and in a way that you know it's going to end badly, just like all tra- mm. great tragedy. You can see it coming, and yet you can't do anything about it because it's already been written. But uh, yes. and boom, and sure enough, it comes and it hits him time and time again. And you say to yourself, Aku, wake up, my friend. <laughs> it's going to happen again." And no, bingo, it does indeed happen again to him. And it, you know, it's one of those stories. I don't. It doesn't happen too often in life, but one of those stories that you. Um, you just want to cry for the yeah. uh, poor guy so 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 lu shun goes to school in japan mm-hmm. he he
0: tries to study medicine he gets more interested in 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 this uh, uh emerging critique of china society he decides right. to be a writer and then probably uh, uh, he starts writing and becomes uh deeply pro- popular the the criticisms right. that he is making is striking a chord with people how does he get to shanghai let's let's get him to
1: Shanghai. okay um, it, it's a roundabout means of getting to Shanghai. He's not from Shanghai uh, but he he comes back to the mainland um, and now that he's decided to be a writer, the number of ventures in writing, his brother by the way he has he has a number of brothers that um, studied in Japan, but his immediately younger brother also studied in Japan and became very famous um, in his own right and they they have an on-again, off-again sibling relationship, but it, that's, a, that's a story for another time. Um, uh, they, they pry some stuff together. It doesn't work out. Then he ends up um, teaching at a variety of places in China, and it every turn, he has a falling out with somebody. Um, he, uh, I wonder he, why. It sounds like, his, why, like yeah. it sounds like his
0: gift is, is a gift of criticism, and I, uh, those sort of people are hard to keep
1: around for very long. I know, I know. Can you imagine a dean with a professor like this? It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. A, it's not a good fit. I imagine He's his graduate ready.
0: advisees would would just be <laughs> would have to work no, self esteem.
1: Yeah. He, uh, one of the troubles, and one of the tragedies of pre-war China is that he gets dragged into so many political squabbles mm. and personal squabbles that he ends up not writing a lot. Hmm. You know, you can take, you can read all of his short stories. It's in, in one modest-sized book, and that's it. He did some translating. He wrote poetry. He wrote hundreds and hundreds of letters, and he, and he. Um, he wrote lots of political and, and uh, uh, what should we call them, you know, literary critical essays. But uh, he didn't write, a, a, you know, his stories are all equally brilliant and wonderful, but there's only, a, a, you know, a fairly modest number of them. So anyway, he teaches for a while in Beijing. He has a terrible falling out. He was teaching at a girls' um, college in Beijing, and he has a falling out with the dean um, and the students are go on on strike against this dean. He joins the students. Hmm. One of it's one of the students. He ends up um, falling in love with. He's now he's been. Uh, I should backtrack and very briefly say that he was through nefarious means. That is his mother's um, calculations um, forced into an arranged marriage, which he accepted without consummating, as far as we know. Hmm. Um, but out of filial he accepted, but um, never lived with the woman or did anything. Um, and but then he falls in, but he never divorced her either because he didn't want her stigmatized mm-hmm. by having a divorce on her record. Anyway, he, he falls in love with one of his students, but uh, th- basically through exchange of letters. He then leaves Beijing. He goes off to um, places in South China. He meets up with her again. She's from from. Um, uh, from Canton, they meet up there, and then they have another falling out, he has another falling out with one of the um, schools that he's teaching at, and ends up moving to Shanghai. Hmm. Now in Shanghai, he's he doesn't have a teaching job, he's going to be a full-time writer, and he has a number of, he's now, by the time he gets to Shanghai in, in 1927, he's widely known, widely um, popular. Uh, and very, very famous. And in Shanghai, because of the reasons we discussed a few minutes ago, Brandon, he um, he's safe because he can take up residence as he does in the French Quarter. Mm. So he's
0: so he's 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 a little bit of a firebrand. Okay. He's pissing people off. Right. He's he's being he's 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 getting involved in all of these political struggles. His life is a mess. And then he goes to Shanghai and he finds both safety and a window into the wider world. Right, right, right.
1: And he can also live with his girl, with his, his lover, mm-hmm. as they say, without his partner. Let's, that's, I think, the preferred term now. Without worries of any kind, uh, except for the rumor mills, uh, he uh, they can settle down. And indeed, they do have a child soon thereafter.
0: And he, he lives there for the rest of his he life. Definitely. So something sticks. There's something about Shanghai yep. that, 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 that lets this rootless man roots right and that's something might be the bookstore so let's let's shift gears up a little bit and introduce our second character okay. uh uh uchiyama uh konzo okay um tell me a little bit about uchiyama Kanzo and 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 the bookstore that he eventually opens because uchiyama Kanzo, that's not a, a a chinese name no no right
1: yeah. uchiyama is japanese of course he comes he comes from a, a family of um modest means not poor but not rich uh, and he he's um, he shows absolutely no predilection for anything intellectual as he's growing up and the story goes that um, I think it was when he was 12 years or- Twelve years old, whatever the equivalent of roughly the sixth grade, um, he gets into a fight with, with. He gets into fights constantly, but then he gets into a fight with his teacher and actually punches the teacher out. <laughs> so he's expelled from school, and his father is twelve years is, old. That's 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 impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, can you imagine? Um, and so he, um, his his father at this point has had enough of him. Kind of a disciplinarian, but you know this is a different time. It's it's the turn of the century now. And he sends him off. Can you imagine? He sends off a 13-year-old kid to, on his own, to go find work in a nearby city. And he uh, he goes to Osaka and he, and and elsewhere. And he has just one terrible job after another, where he's at least he can support himself. But he's it's. Um, Mind numbing kind of work. Now, this is not, he's not an intellectually prone kind of fellow, so it's not like he needs a bookish atmosphere or a university, let alone to survive. He's got a sixth grade education, maybe at best. Can he, read? But he can read that's true yeah but he's you know he's um, he, he's just got a horrible horrible you know he's he's dealing with people that are not necessarily evil to him but they're not good people necessarily mm. i go into detail mm. in the book about this if anyone is really interested but so what uh, brings him to shanghai well before he gets to shanghai he goes one day he's in nearby near, he's in Osaka working nearby city of kyoto and he he meanders into um I don't know exactly why, but he meanders into the uh, Christian Church, the Protestant Church there, hmm. and um, immediately says to the pastor after you know a brief period of you know a few weeks, he says he wants to convert to Christianity. The guy says, oh, right, let's, "Let's have a seat here and talk about this." You know, it's a big step, um, but I think he, what he finds is that here's a way of life that put give him some order and may give him some. Um, uh, a sense of self that he did not have heretofore. Um, long story he finds his he roots American in
0: Christianity in, in, in Christianity a similar way. They're
1: very important to him. And yeah. he meets his future wife through the same church. Her story is far more tragic than his. Um, I won't go into it unless you want me to, but he, um, they meet, they fall in love, they get married, um, and he then also, through the church, gets a job um, hmm. because another member of the church. Is uh, a Japanese businessman who has uh, sells um, pharmaceuticals and sends him. They ask him if he'd like a job to go sell pharmaceuticals in um, in China, South China, and uh, up the Yangtze River to some of the bigger port cities. And he says, "Yes, on the spot, I'm going. Let's go." Okay. Now that, and so off he goes to China. He doesn't know a word of Chinese, though. <laughs> that's going to be—it's yeah. kind of hard to sell goods to people who, who you can't even communicate with.
0: It, Somehow, is he able, able to sell them because of, because of the the connotation of Japanese medicine?
1: Like, what what's that's possible? Is he able I mean, to sell anything? I, you know, I think it, you. If you go and you you'll start to learn the language, you study a bit, you show your medicine, you can prove that it works. you're from Japan, whatever. it worked and he was he was fairly successful at it from the get-go. Um, and eventually um, he comes back periodically. Um, he's missing his, his uh, I don't know if they're immediately married, but anyway he, he, he and his wife eventually set off and they this time they're now going to settle in Shanghai. And he will then work out based in Shanghai, but out of Shanghai. Um, meanwhile, she doesn't know any Chinese either. But <clears> this little area where the Japanese live, it, it's carved out of what had been an American concession. The Japanese never actually set up a concession area of their own in Shanghai. They were, By treaties, they were allowed to, but for some reason, still, we don't know for sure why. They decide not to, and the area is where the Americans had settled before. And um, she makes friends among the other Japanese, mostly Japanese wives there. Uh, but she's bored to tears when he's gone. Mm. Doesn't have anything to do. And yeah, um, there must her- not be like,
0: for such a big city. It must have been quite a a, a secluded and difficult social yeah. life just to have sure. that small little neighborhood.
1: Yeah. And and she expressed it to him, and he, you know. To his great credit, he understood that um, women who were dependent on their uh, male family members, whether it was father or older brother or husband, were in a bind because they didn't have an existence or or a a financial basis of their own. So they sat down. And by the way, this is a family that um, read um, the Bible every night Hmm. together when they were together, of course, when he wasn't traveling and they decided, fine, um, she'd open a modest bookstore. So they have this tiny little room, and they're, what is the, what, what do they sell? They sell Japanese-language books about Christianity. Now, hmm. as I say in the book, that's kind of a niche market that's in Shanghai. Fair, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she does okay. I mean, she, she advertises orally mostly through the church. There is a Japanese Protestant church in Shanghai. Also, because the community is growing in size, um, There're probably about twenty thousand Japanese, fifteen to twenty thousand Japanese in Shanghai now. So it's growing. You know, it's not it's not uh, minuscule. Uh, she manages, and so the bookstore grows. Uh, and I think it's important, as I point out uh, in the book, it's important that the famous Uchiyama bookstore was founded by. Uh, Mrs. Uchiyama, mm. in the, in initially. He still works out of the bookstore, but he's off selling medicine. Hmm. Um, it would be quite a few years, and it would be, this. they start off in the late teens, so it wouldn't be until the mid-20s that he gives up on selling uh, medicine and and devotes himself full-time to the bookstore, which he does, and the bookstore grows, and if, there, if you go online, you can find pictures of it at its very different point uh, in its growth from a tiny little Bookstore. She, had, she didn't have bookshelves. So what did they use? They used old beer crates, which they turned over and put books on them. Um, and slowly but surely, they build up a huge um, clientele. And they start – mostly what they're selling are Japanese-language books. And they're selling them mostly, at least initially, they're selling them to the Chinese. Hmm. Why the Chinese? Because this is the era when people like Lushun, not – I don't mean not identical, but I mean in the sense that they had studied in Japan, they'd done their undergraduate years or period of study in Japan, come back to China, and they have a thirst for um, books in Japanese. And U- Uchiyama somehow recognized this and started stocking his his uh, bookshelves and and selling his books mostly. And so the
0: the 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 stuff that he's selling probably was not as uh, Christian, right? Am I right in in thinking that
1: he would have he would have had those books, but mostly what he's selling that the Chinese want to get their hands on are Japanese translations of Western books in every conceivable field: philosophy, history, you name it, literature, but also Japanese. Uh, original japanese writings in all those fields these books had not yet been translated into chinese so they were available in japanese this is
0: really uh, important and I, I just want to linger over it a little bit because right now yeah. i can go on amazon and click buy a friend indeed by by joshua a fogel and i'll order of course 20 copies so i can give some to all my friends but everything is at my right. fingertips instantly but th- right. i think there's something when in this time period Information is a lot scarcer. It's a lot harder to get. And so yep. in, this the, 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 the Uchiyama Shoten, the, the, this bookstore, is, is a really rare window into the rest of the world. There's a lot of people hungry in Shanghai for this kind of yep. information, and they go to Uchiyama Shoten to get it right? It's, it's, okay. it's a lot harder to get, to, to get, you know, you can't just go and get a, get a, a, a mechanical engineering textbook. It's harder to get, <laughs> but so, so yeah. it becomes more than just a bookstore, right? The people come in, they buy their books. They yeah. don't just leave. What, what What's, what's, what's it like at, at, at Ujima Shoten?
1: Well, um, I guess we should tell readers who haven't read it, uh, listeners who haven't read it that Shoten means Not bookstore. Um, so the, the Uchiyama bookstore, um, he, realizing that he's got some major league players coming through there, not just Lu Shun, but of course Lu Shun, um, he, uh, they set up tables and chairs for people to come and sit and linger. You know, it's sort of like uh, the old A Street bookstore in New York where they, they encouraged people read the books on the shelves other bookstores you know they say buy the book or get out you know but here they they, and they of course it was allowed in these days it's hard to believe but people smoked in there people drank tea in there mrs uchiyama came from a part of japan that had a very special and famous tea and and she would bring that tea uh or have it imported um from from japan and And so they encouraged people to come and sit and chat. And and I guess you could call it a salon of sorts. Lu Shun himself, once he and Uchiyama uh, met, which was about two or three days after Lu Shun arrived in 1927 in Shanghai, became fast friends. And Lu Shun basically came there on average every day, sometimes twice a day. And when he wouldn't show up, he would show up in the afternoon, but when he failed to show up, they would, um, somebody would be sent around to his house to see if everything was okay. Um, and then he would come and he would have a special sit chair that was set aside for, you can find pictures on the web of his rattan chair that Uchiyama set up for Lushun. It's very amusing. And there are a lot of pictures um, and and not just photographs, but um, drawings, paintings of Lushun in that chair. Um, talking to reporters, talking to uh, Chinese who were interested in chatting with him, and talking to Japanese mm-hmm. visitors.
0: I, I, there's, a quote, there's a quote in your book I'd like, I'd like to, to, to read about Uchiyama Shoten. I, I think it's – I should have looked up who it's from. You can probably tell me. This, this is a, 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 from page 37. Quote, there were no Japanese or Chinese there, no separation between the famous and not famous, just customers at the Uchiyama Shoten, friends at a salon. So this is this, it's, it's, it's more than a bookstore. It's a coffee, a coffee house, a, 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 a meeting place, a place where people go and chat. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and um, you know, that's not bad for sales either. But on the other hand, it, uh, it becomes the kind of place where every Japanese who visits Shanghai goes immediately. They want to they want to see what this place is like. Um, and you know you have to remember you have to you know kind of pinch yourself. Remember this is a bookstore that's now become a cultural salon, owned and operated by a guy with a sixth grade mm. education, um, and his best friend is probably the most famous Chinese intellectual of the era. Um, uh, and, and they they don't agree on everything. In fact, there are there are many things they don't agree on, and and it's very interesting uh, how they how their friendship is not based on. Agreeing on everything. I mean, nowadays, if you disagree with someone many times, um, it's the end of a friendship. Uh, It doesn't, it's ridiculous, but it's the way it is. There are many things. I can tell you the story about, uh, if you want to go there, about Uchiyama uh, decides finally to write a book on his own. This is in 1935. Remember, he hasn't ever, forget, he's never written anything to speak of. And he decides, it's time I'm going to write a book. I've lived in China at that point for almost 20 years um I know something about this there's all kinds of rumors in Japan about what China really like I actually know because I live here so let me write a book and so he writes this book um which is kind of a um oh it, it's a, an art, it's clearly a non-specialist book book but he you know he talks about how wonderful the chinese people are and how friendly and warm they are and how he's had a, you know his life is great here and then he asks Lu Shun, his good friend, if he'd write the introduction to this book. And Lu Shun says, sure. And the introduction is very interesting because he says, I'm writing this book for my, you know, for my friend, uh, Uchiyama, whom I've known for many years and uh, who I respect, but I have to say that I don't agree with anything in it. <laughs> and he tells Uchiyama, he says, not not in the introduction, but he tells him personally, look, you're playing to Chinese self-centeredness. You're playing to their piety. This is ridiculous. This only, you know, you need to, you know, again, these are the kinds of things that a Chinese can say about other Chinese, but a non Chinese would find very hard to say without sounding. You're pointing out something, something. not
0: just a disagreement about a particular thing, but something very different in their temperaments. Like Lu Xun seems his gift Mm. is for criticism, his gift is for noticing something wrong and, and, and being able to say it in a way that's undeniable. And Uchiyama's gift seems to be in being open to things and you know he's he's a young boy wandering around he stumbles into a christian church he stumbles into shanghai he he makes a place he's open he's 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 a, he's, he's not a, a a great critic and yet and yet they're friends i want i want to dig into this how are they friends so quickly i never meet, you know i meet plenty of people it takes <laughs> a lot longer than 2 days for a person to like me and yet these two people who are so different become fast Friends, what do we mean by that? What do they like? Do they do they talk together every day? Like, what do they do? They have deep intellectual mm. arguments. Do they just tolerate each other? What
1: what what is that relationship really consistent? That's that's a really interesting question, and it's it's more than that because. I mean, as fraught as our own times are, where people, you know, uh, take the least criticism as the end of a friendship. This was far worse in Shanghai at this time. There were all these Chinese groups that were at Lu Xun's throat. As much as Lu Xun has been, um, uh, you know, deified in the post-war period, uh, everybody was after him. He was critical of everybody. The communists, and if you talked, and as I've given talks on on the, the subject of this book in various places, Chinese... Uh, right out of China, find it hard to believe that Lu Xun was not a communist. But Lu Xun was not a communist, and he had he had. Vitriolic criticism for the communists, as they did for him, and there are other political groups, Chinese and Japanese, who were after him. There were gunshot efforts to, and he had to move around to save his so life. So he doesn't keep on pissing
0: people off after after he stops teaching. He continues to get in.
1: He, um, you know, yeah. that that was in his blood. Yet yeah, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Um, I, they, there was a mutual respect between him and, and uh, Uchiyama, based on different things uchiyama looked up to lu shun because he was already china's most famous writer of the time he came to his bookstore he brought other people to his bookstore um, and the, he just he just thought he was uh, a wonderful guy even if they didn't agree about you know the national character of the chinese people uh, and lu saw in uchiyama you know provided him with a safe space a place where he could go and be himself and where others could come in, despite the fact that Lu Shun is criticizing any and everybody, he had people who were coming to him to learn. Um, he wasn't teaching necessarily, but they would sit and talk with him sometimes for hours on end. And, and as he and as Lu Shun was wont to do, mm. smoke nonstop. Eventually it would kill Lu Shun, but he would smoke three, four packs of cigarettes a day. And he could do that in the bookstore um, and uh, endlessly. And so it, here was a place where he could sit and relax and he didn't have to worry about it. And Uchiyama um, looked up to him and took care of his his needs, including finding him safe houses to live in on three or four occasions, getting his mail, taking care of his royalty payments for him, and so on. So they recognized that they were in different, different places intellectually, socially, nationally, and so on. But their friendship uh, seems to trans- have transcended all that.
0: But yeah, let's talk about that. What 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 does this friendship uh, uh, sure. let us see about friendship historically? Uh, does it does is friendship the same in every single place and time? Or I don't personally when I when I I, I find friendship a really rewarding thing to study because every time I read about two friends in history, it it, it they they seem so much or so much more. Uh, 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 you know, embodied than 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 when I'm writing about people writing treatises about society or something. When I read about friends, I I, I understand it in a visceral way. But what what does Uchiyama and and and, and Lu uh, uh friendship tell us about that 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 category of 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 friendship?
1: That's a huge and interesting question, and um, I wish I had a succinct answer. But I think it's safe to say that friendship anywhere and everywhere. Mm. Is not the same. I mean, it's it's got to be. It's I mean, there got to be characteristics of it um, that are similar. But I think, to a certain extent, they're temporally and culturally um, defined in a way. But nonetheless, I mean, despite the fact that these guys lived nearly a century ago and or more. And came from different countries and had were of different social standing and so on. We can we can immediately understand the or, or we immediately recognize the friendship between them despite their differences. Um, it, it's it's very hard to get at you know what the basis of friendship is. You know, I, I in the book I in just in a footnote someplace I say, think of the friendship or the alleged friendship between Ruth Gator ben, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and um antonine scalia i mean they could not have disagreed more um but yet they were set to vacation together and and enjoy each other's company but you know at the same time they were both supreme court justices so they I mean they shared a legal profession and i um so they they had something in common these guys didn't even have that in common I don't...
0: When, when I read it, I, I, I saw Lucian as—I've as, traveled around a lot and felt like a foreigner, and Lucian seems to have felt like a foreigner in his own home, and to have longed for uh, the experience they had in Japan. That that image of the serious attempt to make a new modern world that he saw happening in Japan, and I—it I, seems that in, in the bookstore he saw a little bit of that. He had a window into that. He could he could talk with people who had similar. A similar project at, at making China more serious, and he could, you know, experience this this world that he missed. Uchiyama, I th- like, I, I, for him, I, I feel that Uchiyama was also constantly a stranger, you know, and he, he's always moving around, he, he becomes a, a, a defined by his Christianity, which makes him strange. And in, in, in Lucian, he finds another person who's always a stranger, and somehow that. They're, they're, I saw them as being united by that—that that, you know, mutual strangeness. Their their mutual homelessness, and yet because of that, they were able to make that bookstore a, a home for a little bit.
1: I wish I had spoken to you, Brendan. About it before I, <laughs> <laughs> those are very those are very keen observations. Yeah, there is something definitely to what you're saying. Um, um, part of the mystery of Lucian is 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 just that—that that he's always a stranger. He always finds uh problems with things. Um he's always, you know, he he's very, very difficult to satisfy. Um and and yet um you know you wonder why did he why did he continue to, to um work so hard at criticizing everything Chinese. Why why didn't he just give up on this whole this whole venture? Um and then obviously it's because there's a deep seated love someplace. Um, for his fellow Chinese and wanting to correct all the ills that he perceived um, among the Chinese. Uchiyama um, is a bit more difficult, and uh, at the same time, he's simpler, because he he, 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 didn't, he ended up, by the way, I only talked about one book that Uchiyama wrote, because that was the only one that appeared while Xun was alive. But he went on to write half a dozen more books. More, and, more than Xun. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, much more. He ended up, he died in the late 50s um, in China, of all places. And um, he, uh, well, on a visit to China, he had a heart attack and dropped dead on the spot. I think it was in the late 50 57, I think. Um, but yeah, he wrote, and they're all basically the same kind of book that he wrote. There were this, you know, uh, China is a wonderful place. And if you only have time, spend more time. And then we took vignettes, lots and lots of vignettes from various... Um, situations that he had personally experienced
0: so you mentioned a little bit about how uh lucian and and and, and uchiyama's friendship is 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 different from more robust in a way than friendships Mm -hmm. today just to close what is there anything we could learn from from uchiyama and lucian's uh uh, friendship any 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 lessons that we can take into our own friendships maybe of of being a little bit more forgiving (laughs) to to uh
1: people who disagree with us or, or 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 no no, no, I think you're right. I think that's the big thing, is that nowadays, you know, politics is a make-or-break kind of thing, and it's very hard to, for someone who sees himself or herself as left of center to have a friend who is right of center, um, let alone, you know, far right. These days, it's left. hard for Bernie bros to right. be friends
0: with people who support Warren.
1: <laughs> it's getting... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, they agree on this about everything, so... <laughs> you know it's you know can you imagine someone who is pro life and versus someone who is pro choice being no, best of friends i suppose it's possible it's but but it, it's unfortunate that it's it's yeah. higher, i would yeah. say um and, and there's got to be more um I mean, there's got to be more life than 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 individual issues but uh, you know and it's unfortunately quite bad i think
0: yeah well, uh, thank you very much for, for, uh, spending this time talking about this great friendship, uh, uh, Josh, uh, it's a fantastic book. I, I, I do encourage, uh, uh, people to go out and, and get it. It's a, it's a, it's one of these history books that gives you a, a really clear window into a time. And, and you, I daydream about going to Uchiyama Shoten. I want an <laughs> Uchiyama Shoten of my own here at Berkeley. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, um, and uh, I usually say we'll be back, but I probably won't be back on the GHI blog feed for a while. And I probably won't be back on the podcast for a while because uh, my wife is due to give birth in uh, about three weeks. So uh, thank you very much, Joshua, for, for, for coming up.